Olympian, Pan Am and NACAC bronze medalist, 334-1500 meter and 354 miler. Take your pick. I think those are all descriptors that we'd all love to have. And though he checks off all those boxes, when I think of Charles Philibert Thibodeau, those aren't exactly the first things that come to mind. You see, when I think of Charles, I think more of a gutsy racer, not afraid to take control of a race. He's an adventurous runner, constantly pushing to be the best, not just in his home province of Quebec, but in Canada and even the world. Charles is not only a top-tier racer, but a Canadian track and field advocate, and it's my belief that competitive running in this country is better off because of him. Whether it's gathering together friends to build top-level fields and local events, or keeping in contact and cheering on some of our most promising athletes. This week, I'm happy to say we have CPT back with us. We chat about everything from building a better domestic race scene, patience and recovery, strength building, altitude, everything you could possibly want to know about them. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. All right, so I think that a great place to start would be where in the world are you right now? Hey, um, so right now I'm in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, I've been here for over two weeks now, uh, closing in, in on three weeks, uh, uh, I think. And uh, yeah, just here uh, training. Uh, I've been pretty low key uh, in the last, uh, I guess, in the last few weeks. Uh, uh, I mean, I was supposed to have some indoor seasons, but then uh, I had to throw those plans away after an injury in the fall. So that's kind of like it took me here. And now I'm just training, putting some uh, good work together and uh, not racing until a little bit. You know, there's there's a lot in there that, uh, you know, definitely a lot of questions uh, in, in within that answer. But, you know, I think probably a good place to start uh, with the whole Flagstaff, Arizona is, thing is, you know, you're you're at altitude right now and it's your, not your first time there. Do you like how much do you do you feel that you get by going by going up to altitude and, and training at altitude? So uh, unfortunately, I'm getting old and this is uh, far from my first trip. And, uh, you know, when you go up at altitude, you get, you, like most of the times from a sports physiologist, you're going to hear warnings, you know, like, uh, don't go there. If, uh, your, your ferritin's low, don't go there. If, uh, you're injured and you know, like you got to take care of yourself once you're there and you got to take it easy for a few days and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I mean, I've been through it all. I've had some great camps at altitude. Uh, but I've also had some really bad camps where like I would show up either injured or, um, almost anemic. So those didn't turn out to go really well. Um, but, uh, one year did go well was in 2016 before the Olympics. And, uh, we actually had uh, the, uh, I guess the team of physiologists from athletics Canada, they would test uh, our hemoglobin levels at the beginning of the camp and at the end of the camp. And I was, by far one of the most uh, altitude responsive in terms of like just hemoglobin mass. So we know for sure that when I'm healthy and I go to altitude, uh, I'm going to get good, like great gains from it. So, uh, so like I said, this is not my first camp. Uh, I've built up uh, to a decent, decent amount of training in January after getting injured in November and December. And with no race in sight, we thought that 
it might be a good idea to go to altitude and uh, just get a good training block there and uh, and uh, see where it takes us. So, I mean, like, where, where's the focus on this one? Are you are you hoping to build a lot of strength and, and you maybe talk about how the camp's going so far? Is is it going pretty well? You know, since you arrived. Yeah. Uh, it's going really, really well, actually. And uh, we're using this camp, like you say, to mainly to build strength. Um, but also, you know, like, uh, I think as a 1,500-meter runner, you have, even though you're doing a lot of base training, you have to touch speed at least once a week just to make sure that your legs are, like, ready to go anytime. And, you know, like, for me, I, I, I want, like, I'm at, the, I'm at a level where I want... Uh, a 200 meter like 227 or 28 to always feel pretty easy so like even though i'm doing a lot of strength and a lot of volume i'm also doing a little bit of speed but you know having access to a 400 meter track or uh if we're not going down the sedona uh indoor 300 meter track is just for speed work and for the turns it's much better than just a flat track we have back home and uh and the winter's been so bad, so like it's just easy to rack up the mileage up here and get some, get some solid work. And uh, yeah, the fo- focus is strength. And um, I mean, I was pretty pumped to get a good cross country season this fall, and since it didn't really happen, uh, we're catching back on that, and you know, doing a lot of like five k, ten k type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, but. Um, you know, I guess this isn't really the time of year that, that people really associate with, with going up to Flagstaff and stuff. You know, you, you see a lot, you know, next month and the month after, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people, at least from Canada, like to go up to Flagstaff. Is, that, is there anyone down there right now? You know, how, who have you bumped into so far? So uh, I'm staying with Pat Casey. Um, usually, like, he's got, a, he's got an apartment with two rooms, and usually uh, the other room is... Uh, and has a san meet in it so a san actually comes for like december and january and it goes back to eugene in february so it just worked out fairly well for me to move in for the month and uh so being like living with them i've been meeting up with uh uh stephen Haas's group in flagstaff uh, stephen Haas is a is a is an agent but also coach of uh, some athletes in fact in flagstaff and most notably probably uh, Edward Cheserek and uh, Pat Casey and uh, uh, Stephen Scullion, uh, um, Irishman marathoner. So I've been meeting quite a bit with these guys for for easy runs and whatnot. Oh man, that's that's so cool. You know, you, you mentioned being injured this fall and uh, you know hoping to get a, a good cross country season in. I I know it was just it was it was a bummer. Um, you know, from from the perspective of a lot of fans that did not see you up in Kingston this year, you know, especially after some of the other years and, and, you know, some of the, some of the performances that you've completely thrown down on that hill, but it was probably nothing in comparison to, to what you were feeling, uh, missing it, you know, maybe talk, talk a little bit about the injury, you know, like what, what was it? And, uh, you know, like when, when did you know that, that, you know, that would be out of the cards, you know, doing a cross country season? Yeah. So, uh, the week of provincials, uh, which I ran uh, in Quebec, uh, I mean, uh, I I won the race, and it was a fairly competitive race because uh, my my good teammate, uh, my good and young teammate, uh, Queen D, so GS de Gagné, 
hmm. uh, he was quite fit. I mean, he was he was just about to beat for CIs or U Sports, I guess. Uh, so, I mean, he was on top of his game, and uh, we had a good battle until the last few Ks, and I was able to come up with the win. And you know, like I, at this point, I had been training for three weeks, so I had a lot of a lot of hopes for uh, for nationals. But uh, the week of provincials, I actually. Um, rolled my ankle and uh, you know like on the spot it wasn't so bad but running on the flared up ankle what happened is uh, um, my foot wasn't reacting the same and uh, it just developed into a Achilles injury um, which was very very acute so what that means is uh, once it flared up so I'd go for run for like basically 10 seconds and it would come back like just as intense as it was in the past so um so for, for like after provincials for two weeks i just cross trained like a madman every day telling myself that you know like two weeks of cross training and no running i'll if anything i'll gain some fitness from cross training but um i'm gonna give the achilles a rest and after those, those two weeks uh the results were pretty negative you know uh, i tried to run and uh, again after 15 seconds it hurts it hurt just as much as uh it did on the first day so uh, so I ended up doing a lot of physio and a lot of exercises and a lot of, uh, you know, therapy in the following weeks. And uh, it was a slow one. It took some time to heal. Uh, but mechanically, my foot was just so messed up. Uh, bones were displaced. Uh, I, I wasn't able to fold my foot uh, properly. So, like, I couldn't load it properly. It was overpronating. And, you know, it was a lot of rehab to try to, uh, get this foot back up and running and uh, I did my first successful uh, run jog like, I mean jog walk session on Christmas so uh, um, on uh, December 25th I did uh, three times three minute run one minute walk and uh, it went well and from there I just built on it and I didn't have any setbacks since you know, honestly, hearing that, it sounds like you were so patient with it. And um, honestly, that that sounds that sounds very impressive, especially, you know, coming from from another runner and, you know, anyone who's involved in the sport hears that as like, wow, that what comes to mind, though, is um, back in 2017, you had, uh, you know, you you had a I, like a hamstring injury, if, if I remember correctly, uh, yeah. that, you, that you raced on for you know, at, at least a month. And, you know, that, that must've been super painful, but you were chasing standards and, and that sort of stuff. You know, how, how have things evolved as far as, you know, how you think of, how you think of injuries and, and recovery and that sort of stuff in that time, just cause it, it sounds like two different approaches. Yeah. So, uh, well, the spot I was in in 2017 is definitely a spot I don't want to be in anymore. Um, you know, like sometimes, uh, and you, you, it's actually like within the conversation with the medical team, you sit down and you're like, well, you got two weeks to hit a standard. You're not going to just sit around and wait for the injury to go away. Like you're in the midst of a season. So you either go all in or you pull, pull the plug. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but sometimes athletes, when they face uh, situations like that, where uh, there's not a lot of time left, you have to run on an injury and you have to try it. Um, which wasn't the case this fall, you know, like it sucked not to uh, compete at uh, cross country nationals, but in the grand scheme of things, 
I'm in November, I'm in December, if I can afford to not run for two months. And that, that's basically what happened. I didn't run for seven weeks. Um, those were the seven weeks in the year, you know. And uh, as you grow older, those are the kind of things, you know, like you uh, you tend to learn how to be patient with those type of injuries. And, uh, you know, I've, um, I can't thank enough my team of physiotherapists. Um, they, they've, like, sometimes you get in a really dark mental place when you get an injury that's not going well and like you put the effort in day after day and like things do not uh progress uh, at the rate you want wanted to prog progress and my therapists have been great and uh you know like they they have believed in in me and in their therapy and in in their plan for me to get back to running more than i did uh, more than I did uh, believe it myself at some point. So, like, these guys definitely carried me on to, like, being able to go through those types of injuries. But, uh, it's, I mean, it's never easy, man. And it's, uh, it's, it's part of our job, unfortunately. You know, you, you mentioned um, that great medical team, but there is another team uh, that has really helped you out quite a bit in Quebec. And, you know, it's, it's that Laval team. And I... I, you know, I've had this conversation with a bunch of people and it, it seems that only like the, the super, the people who are super hardcore into the sport, they, they know the people that, that you're training with. Um, but outside of that, you know, there, there's these people that, you know, like who are such good runners, but just haven't, haven't broken through, uh, perhaps like yourself, you know, maybe talk about those guys, uh, at the, you know, that you train with at, at Laval and, and how that shaped, uh, how that shaped up your fall and, and how you, how you felt, you know, just before you got injured. Yeah. Well, having a, a team of young guys that are, you know, they're fit basically 365 days out in a year because they compete for cross indoors and outdoors. So, uh, if I slack a little bit, it won't be long for them to remind me that, you know, I'm getting out of shape. Um, uh, that said, uh, it's just, uh, it's just great to have, a some sort of team atmosphere. And like, even though I'm not in the, I'm, I'm not in the collegiate team anymore. And, uh, you know, like there's, there are like, I'm not going to lie. There are, there are less and less faces that I recognize when I show up at practice. There's always like this core group of guys, uh, like Jean-Samuel Lapointe, Nick Morin, or uh, Jean-Simon de Gagné, which, you know, like, they always show up. Uh, I mean, we've been friends for quite a bit now, and, uh, and uh, you know, like, sometimes uh, when you go through an injury like I did, and then you got to start back from, like, go from the start, start from zero and build back up, having guys like that around definitely helps a lot, and it's great, uh, it's great, moral support but as well as physical support because uh you know when i start to rent back my training i can definitely they can definitely pull me a little bit and it's uh it's a give give situation you know like when i come back they help me out and when i'm pretty fit i i help them out with their own workouts so uh it's been uh, it's been great like you know like now in flagstaff a little bit by myself i know it's necessary for for the job and i know that in the grand scheme of things, it is necessary thing to do to go to altitude a couple times a year. And these guys can't follow me everywhere, everywhere I go. But when I come back home, it definitely feels like home, which is fun. You know, there's, there's another person that, that you like to train with as well too. Any plans to, uh, to get back together with, uh, with Luke and, uh, and train with him on the West coast? 
Uh, I mean, so what I've done in the winter in the past few years was uh, actually to go back out west. And one some of the reasons for that was to train with Luke, but also see a physiotherapist there. Uh, but now I have a physiotherapist who is doing the same type of treatment uh, based in my province in Montreal and Quebec. So I've been able I've been able to get like uh, a good amount of, of, of physio at home, uh, which which you know like I'm able because of that I'm able to stay on top of things and and you know now things are get, going really well with uh, the rehab and prehab plan we have put together. So it's one of those things where. I don't need so much to go to Vancouver anymore for treatment because uh, now I got it sorted out in Quebec. And, uh, you know, looking at all the best runners in the world, if we, if you think either about, if you think about the Africans, like the Ethiopians and Kenyans, we live at altitude. If you think about the best Americans, which are, let's say, Barman Track Club and Nike Oregon Project that, you know, they, they go to altitude in the winter and they basically spend all summer at altitude. Um, and more evidence is coming out that if you do it well, altitude is a, you know, is a, is going to bring you a lot of advantage for, for upcoming races and for training in general. Um, we decided that, you know, if I'm healthy in the winter, instead of going to Vancouver, it might be a better idea to go to altitude and try to go a couple times a year rather than just going once in April. And so this year, now I'm spending over 30 days in February. I'll go back to Flagstaff for all of April and uh, for the Athletics Canada camp. And then in May, there will be a, a uh, uh, Quebec Federation camp in Park City in Utah, which will, I will also attend. So uh, I will have a lot more days at altitude this year. Uh, than in the past few years and given i'm healthy uh, we're excited to see the results I, re I remember a couple of years ago um when i was when i was chatting with you you, you said uh, a big goal of your training at the time was to work on you know changing gears and you know making sure that that you you know you have the right amount of gears to to shift through you know with 200 400 meters left in a, in a 1500 meter race um you know i'm i'm kind of wondering you know what your thoughts on that are now and what is that still a big goal uh you know for your training this year it is and i think uh i think i'm headed in a great direction because uh, uh mainly because of my result at continental cup which was the lot my last race of the season last year and i mean continental cup is fairly low-key uh, you know like it's a field of eight people rather than like 12 and there's no semi-final there's no final it's just like it's just a fun race to do in itself and uh but approaching that race uh, the month of august in our training we put a lot of focus into like running form and you know like changing gears and making sure the running form is good at very high speed um, and i'm able to change from a certain speed to like top speed and also, that, that I'm able to maintain a good form under extreme fatigue. Like, we actually practiced that all of August. And um, it's funny because this, this is a nice story. So, mm. um, this year, uh, Continental Cup was in Ostrava. Uh, so, in September, I went to Ostrava to run the 1500 there. But in June this year of, of that summer, I did run in Ostrava as well, the 3,000 meter there, uh, 
at the Golden Spike event. So you may ask, who goes to Australia twice in a year other than a runner? Like, it's impossible. So that's parentis number one. Um, so the actual story goes that after that race in, uh, in, uh, in Ostrava, the first one, the 3,000 meters, um, I had a beer with Nick Bideau. Um, Nick Bideau, which is uh, a famous coach in the running world, um, he's, the, he's the coach of all the best Australian runners, basically. He's coached Collis Birmingham, uh, Craig Mottram, uh, Ryan Gregson, Stuart McSwain. So, you know, like all the best Australians that have ever been doing middle distance or long distance, mm-hmm. Nick Bideau has coached them. And, you know, like he's a very upfront and uh, honest guy. And he told me, you know, like you're running the 1500, but can you close it through your last 339? And I'm like, well, I think I think when I am at, at my best, I can close, you know, like a tactical race in 39. And he's like, well, it doesn't matter if it's a tactical race or a 333 race. You got to be able to close in 39. And he's like, unless my guys are able to do that, I try to keep them away from the 1500. The only guy who can do it is Ryan. And uh, I've been trying to convince Stuart McSwain and Jordy Williams to, to pick up the steeple because they're never going to be able to close in 39 <laughs> the last 300 of their 15. And like this went on, this was our conversation over a beer. And uh, funny enough at continental cup. Um, so two months later, I got fourth in the 1500 meter race behind no less than the, the world champion, the Euro- European champion and the second placer at Europe, European championships. Mm-hmm. And I got fourth behind these three guys, and I outkicked by a hundredth of a second Ryan Gregson because <laughs> I ran my last because I ran my last three hundred in thirty nine point oh. So I was I was pretty pumped about this one. It was like I can say for the first time in my running career that uh, I felt like my last three hundred in my race was truly world class, and it handed my. At least for me, it handed my my season on a high, on a high note, and uh, I've, I mean, uh, outside the injury, the setback I've had um, in November and December, I've been building on that uh, type of work. So things are going really well, and like I think we we took a good step forward um, last summer in terms of like working on that top end speed, and uh, you know, like it worked. So we know what we have to do to to maintain it and uh, improve it. Oh man, that that's amazing. You know, there's something uh, something this week that uh, that came up that that made me think of of your own racing, um, and and how you kind of approach things. You know, it's it's not just the race itself, but you know, building that race. Um, you know, as you may have caught, there was that that Pacific Pursuit ten thousand meter uh, race that happened on President's Day, and it you know it looked like it was a lot of there's a lot of athlete involvement. You know bringing people together to make this kind of grassroots race where the whole idea was hit standard. Um, you know, with, with these diamond league races that are so, so hard to get into and, you know, especially for a 1500 meter runner there, it's so necessary to get into these sorts of fast races. You know, it may, it makes me think of, um, 
I you, last summer you were you're really big into getting people you know out to some of those races happening in Quebec and you know I know in the past you've you've arranged your own you know race to to try and hit standard and that sort of stuff it seems to be a real movement now to to create these smaller races is is that something that that you hope to be doing you know this year as well too is is there anything in Quebec that that you want to you know put on and make sure that there's there's fast races going on there um, well, I can I know for sure that this year there's definitely like an officially uh, meet in Montreal and Quebec City after nationals, with, which will take place in Montreal. Um, I know that for sure. Uh, I think uh, I mean it's not that big, uh, but I think the both our organizations got more money than last year, so like might be a little more appealing for the you know the podium and the like the top events i guess um and i just think you know that uh it's great experience to go race in europe and at some point in uh one's career it is necessary to go out there to you know to to test yourself against against people from other cultures and other cultures of running and uh you know like when you're running in north america solely you're always running against the same people so it's nice to go out in europe and change the air a little bit but we've actually seen instances uh in the last couple of years where you go through race in belgium and 11 runners out of 13 would be canadians you know like why would all of us fly out there to try to race uh goddamn 1500 meter like um like you basically have the same level if you stayed at home and to be honest the weather is nice in the province of in our province in July and August, and like that's two months out of twelve. Well, so like, might as well enjoy it, you know. Like, might as well go home and enjoy it a little bit and race at home, and you know, like, get some good results there. But unless you're sure a hundred percent that going to Europe is going to give you opportunities to race other people, like, why should why should you go there? Uh, and we've, and I think. Uh, with the meets last year and the meets that we're trying to put on this year, uh, uh, this is what we have in mind. You know, like we want Canadian people to gather after nationals and get a go after a couple fast times in nice conditions. At least, like, you know, like give it a shot before heading out to Europe. And uh, if in Europe you end up racing other Canadians, well, that's too bad for you. But like we we've, we've just done it in Montreal. You know, like we. Um, if you're to go out there, it's, it should be for racing other people. So we're trying to put more opportunities for people to gather up in in our country, whether when or you know whether it is for in Montreal or in Quebec or in Hamilton, where you guys held the Terminal Mile Cup. Like we got to try to make these happen, especially knowing that if you're going to go elsewhere and you're not going to raise anyone else, well, why bother? paying for a plane ticket to belgium you know so that's a bit of the rationale behind it yeah and you know i i think it's really neat to to see something like that as as a fan because you know it's these sorts of events that that we can go out to and uh and you know we can we can actually watch and we we can enjoy it's it's tough being a, a track and field fan uh sometimes just because you know that we do lack that that opportunity to see it so you know i i think it's really interesting to see stuff like like the 
specific pursuit. And, you know, like I, I have to think as a racer, you know, seeing seeing those sorts of opportunities open up, you know, with these basically, you know, athlete made opportunities that that has to be a pretty good feeling for you. Yeah, I mean, we're just, you know, that's the that's definitely a goal. And we I mean, we're still a long way from having decent fields um, on home soil. And I know we're not the only ones uh, putting a lot of effort into it. Um, in June, there's going to be the Pacific Distance Carnival with the new uh, uh, Canadian 10,000-meter championships, which I think they're trying to make it an official Pan-American event so we can gather some athletes you know, from South America or the U.S. or Central America. Um, we're not the only ones pushing for, pushing for it. And I think as nice as it is to race in, in some Diamond League meets uh, in Europe, um, I think part of, you know, growing the sport and making sure the sport is healthy is providing good opportunities of fast races at home, uh, whether it is for the people actually running this, these races or whether it is for the fans and, you know, those young kids that might be inspired by seeing um, better athletes going at it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, speaking of, of things that uh, that everyone can see and, you know, like fans might, might gravitate towards, you put a, a really cool promo video. Um, I guess that was just this past month. You know, a lot of people that I've talked to, you know, their only complaint with it was was that it was uh, too short. Um, you know, what what went into that, that video and, like, what, what was the reason for making it? Uh, is that the one in Europe you're talking about? That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, um, so the guy, the director of this, I guess, short film is no less than my, than my best friend from high school. Hmm. Um, he's, uh, he's, I mean, we, we met in high school. We're still been best friends since, um, he's, uh, he's done, uh, he studied film at UBC and, uh, you know, he's produced, he's helped produce and he's directed a, a fair amount of, uh, of uh, video clips for our artists. Uh, he did, uh, you know, like he did short films that made it to uh, TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival. Mm -hmm. um, he released in the last year his first uh, long movie. So, um, you know, like he is making his, his way and his progress through uh, the, um, I guess, the movie world as a, as a director. And, uh, you know, like as an outsider and as someone who doesn't really understand understand track and field, but but no, not no, I won't say that. As he does understand a track and field because he's my best friend. Hmm. So, but as an outsider that doesn't do track or doesn't run, but he understands what it takes for me to like you know get a call like four days in advance to go in Europe and race at this meet and then take a train and go to this other meet and you know like all the everything in between and how much of a crazy schedule that can be. He thought that it was, it was something that was worth capturing because people that are not in the track world are, are not aware of that. And you know, like it's, it's a nice premise. So, uh, he's been working a lot with, uh, 16 millimeter films and for his past few projects. So he, he brought along his, uh, his film camera to Europe and uh 
he basically followed me for a couple of days uh, in between two races last summer in Europe. And, uh, you know, his, goals, his goal was to make it out of that some sort of, uh, of commercial for ASICs. So we pitched it to ASICs. They gave us the, the opportunity to use their log- logo for, for the project itself. And uh, and now we've we sort of like produced it and uh, made it some sort of an official ASICs commercial, you know, like trying to capture the hectic life of the track athlete on the road. So that's the that's basically what went behind it. And uh, you know, the man behind it is not a track runner; he's just a really talented film director. And uh, I think it was a really cool project to take part of in. Oh man, it it was very cool, and uh, you know, I'll I'll throw a link to it in the uh, in the description for the show. So if you haven't seen, sure, it that'd yet, be nice. That'd be nice. Oh yeah. man, it was it was really cool, and uh, I I think we need more of it in track and field. It's just really high production value, and man, that was very very cool stuff. Hey, I it's a championship year, man, and uh, you know you always set really lofty goals, and it's 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 nice to hear them because. You know, you usually hit quite a few of them, but like, so what, what are the plans for this year? You know, where can we catch you running? You know, have you thought that far ahead? I have, I have a couple plans, uh, planned ahead, um, knocking on wood if I stay healthy, but I think now things are going pretty well. And, you know, my last injury was uh, more of bad luck because of, a uh, I, I rolled my ankle rather than just like overuse injury and whatnot. But like if I stay on top of things, plan is, uh, so now I've been working on my strength. My next race, I've announced it today in the local media, uh, is actually going to be a 15K race hmm. in Quebec between the cities of Jonquière and Chicoutimi in, uh, in the Saguenay region. And uh, this race is actually quite historical because the the record for that race, uh, it's a race that's, that has been going on for 50 years. This year is the 50th anniversary. Um, the record is 44 minutes and 21 seconds by Philippe Laheur, uh, which I believe was an Olympic team member in a steeple, but uh, tragically tragically died. Um, so he was hit by a car while he was running. So like, hmm. it's part of Quebec track and field history. Uh, this is a very strong record, and it's... Uh, point-to-point course that's slightly downhill so um i'm basically coming down of 30 days of altitude and gonna go race there so um, hmm. it's, it's gonna be 15k 10 times what i usually do um we'll see how it goes but my fitness is going really well and hopefully i can take that record and uh, in the same uh, category of things uh i will test my strength again uh at the 10,000 meters in stanford in march uh, I think uh, uh, you're you're lucky, man. You're the first one. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's 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 my public announcement that I'm gonna get the 10k debut. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's a new challenge. Um, I think uh, there's also the Quebec record held by Alain Bordelot, which is 2842. Uh, you know, like it's a goal of mine to take down that record. And I think uh, fitness is there, and uh, it will be an exciting opportunity to try something new. And, you know, with the world being in October, we don't see a problem in doing a 10K in March. So why not? 
And um, so that's the plan for like the short, medium term. And for the long term, obviously, it will be to qualify for the 1500 for the Doha World Championships. And uh, the 1500 is definitely going to stay my main event. Although I plan on running some 5Ks, again, because it just fits the calendar. You want to be able to stay strong throughout the whole summer, all the way to, through October. So we definitely have some 5Ks planned uh, on the calendar. And, uh, you know, like if things are going well, it's just making worlds in the 15 and uh, sky's the limit. You know, I've, I haven't had more than three months of healthy training in the past four years. So like I, I couldn't put more than three months all together. And now like since my comeback that started with a three minute jog, one minute walk on Christmas day in 2018, like things have been going really well. And if I can just keep the ball rolling, I have really high expectations. Well, man, I really appreciate uh, the uh, the exclusive, the Terminal Mile exclusive announcement. But, man, mostly, most, <laughs> yeah. mostly, I appreciate uh, you know you you coming on the show and and uh, hey, it's uh, it's always uh, it's always entertaining. I know a lot of the guys who listen to the show, um, you know, they've been missing you, man. So they they they'll be happy to hear you know where things are at and and how the training's been going and. I gotta say, after this, man, I don't know. I don't know about everyone else, but I am. Uh, I'm super excited to see what you can do this season, and you know, this uh, this year, I, I think it's 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 bound for for big things. If if I'm gonna throw that out there, I, I think we're bound for big things. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I, I surely hope so. Um, I mean, I've put a lot of work in physio and rehab, and now into a strength program, so I stay like you know like injury free, so that my back injury doesn't come back. And uh, I mean, I feel like I'm on top of things like never before. And you know, at the age of 28, I also feel like I have matured as an athlete. Uh, I know I know a little better how to gauge myself, uh, what to do, what not to do in training, to overdo it. And um, I really hope it's going to be a good year and. Uh, you know, man, I've been pretty low key in the last few weeks, so uh, it was a pleasure to come on the show and, uh, you know, give uh, some uh, heads up to anyone that's uh, willing to get some of my news. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, Charles, as well as to track you for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, our social media is at the Terminal Mile. We're on both Twitter and Instagram with that handle. We also have a Facebook page now, so be sure to toss us a like on there. If you want to listen to the show, which is what you do with the podcast, you can do so on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, and of course, Tracky.ca. Thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Mm-hmm.